How's my sick little buddy? Steve, what are you doing in my cabin? Well, I heard you were sick after tonight's dinner on the 80s cruise, so I wanted to bring you a little present. Here, open it. It's a book? That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. It's the book that my father used to read to me when I was sick. And I used to read it to your father. And today, I'm going to read it to you. Spearsy, we're the same age. I was hoping maybe you'd bring me a cocktail, not a book. (sighs) Okay, what's the book about? Are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, Torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. This is all sounding somehow familiar. Oh, well, thank you very much. Very nice of you. Your vote of confidence is overwhelming. All right, here we go. The 80s Cruise by S. Morgenstern. Chapter 1, The Promo Code. Buttercup was raised on a small farm in the country. Her pastimes were riding her horse and tormenting the farm boy who worked there. His name was Wesley, but she never called him that. Wait, what? I'm confused. Are you reading me The Princess Bride? Or are you reading me your skit for the 80s cruise? Uh, I have to confess, it's a little of both. Okay, just get on with it. So here's the latest on the 80s cruise. If you use the promo code STUCK, now you get invited to a special movie screening with the other Stuck in 80s fans one night on the cruise. Special bonus, we all get to pick the movie. Woohoo! Yeah, just email your movie suggestion to podcast at sit80s.com. Also, there's still some uh, finance options you can take advantage of. Uh, You can make five equal monthly payments starting on the first of every month. The first payment is due on November 1st. Final payment due on March 1st, which is right before the cruise sets sail. Oh, and you can also use PayPal credit now, too, so you can kind of extend extend your payments as long as you want to go. And don't forget what you'll miss if you don't go. Concerts by Rick Springfield, Loverboy, Billy Ocean, Berlin, Thomas Dolby, and Lou Graham, just to get started. Plus, you get to hang out with the original MTV VJs, Nina Blackwood, Alan Hunter, and Mark Goodman. We depart on the Celebrity Summit on March 17th, 2018. Destinations just changed in the aftermath of the hurricane season. Right now, we're going to Nassau, Ocho Rios, and Montego Bay in Jamaica, and Coco Cay in the Bahamas. For more information, go to www.the80scruise.com. But remember to use the promo code STUCK so you get invited to the movie screening. Plus, you get invited to a special podcast we're doing while we're on board. Oh, great. Now that's done. Please finish the book. Since the invention of the cruise ship, there have been five cruises rated most passionate, the most pure. And the 80s cruise left them all behind. The end. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. Everybody have fun tonight. (laughs) Everybody wang chung tonight. The movies. Yes! 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 Oh! 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 I'll have what she's having. And the parties. No one in my family ever drinks. That's great! You probably never run out of ice your whole life. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now. But who knows what tomorrow will bring? Hey, hey, 
Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your hostess with the mostest. It's Spearsy. And Brad in LA. And today we honor the movie The Princess Bride. Can you believe it just turned 30 years old? Inconceivable. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. With me as always, it's the dread pirate Bradley. I myself am often surprised at life's little quirks, Spearsy. Did you realize, for instance, that we have, since I joined the show, done 150 podcasts? No kidding. Really? Wow. It's kind of an odd topic to say for 150, but I, did, I didn't plan it this way. I didn't know that. It does seem like a long time. It was five years ago. Mental. Long ago. So one other thing I wanted to say about the promo code STUCK, if you are a listener to the podcast, if you did not book with the STUCK code to get the the rate because either you're a returning cruiser or you had some other promo code and you want to come to our screenings, all you need to do is call the cruise line and ask them to add you to our group and they will do that. I had a a listener email me today and we took care of it. If you listen to the podcast, if you suffer through this every week, you deserve some payoff. And so do that. That's true. Uh, Plus, we should also say that Stuckney's is a member of the CNS Media Podcast Network. You can uh, find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and the CLNS Media Mobile app. Can you move at all? Move? You're alive. If you want, I can fly. So, Brad, tell me, what is your first recollection? Did you see The Princess Bride in the theaters? I did not. I did not. And I don't think that's particularly unusual. I don't think it was a huge uh, theatrical release, but this is a great example of a movie that built up a following in the home rental market. Yeah, I've read too that it was not not exactly a bust at the box office, but didn't blow anybody away. And I think that's just because it was so different than what people were used to getting. I mean, it's it's a fairy tale, but... With stars of the day. But it's got of. some edge to it. Yeah. It's got some bite to it, right. but it's also got a sweetness to it. You know, It's based on a novel that probably not a lot of people had read then, and probably not a whole lot of people have read it since then. Some of the history behind the movie. The movie was adapted by William Goldman's 1973 novel, same name. Uh, Goldman, probably best known as a screenwriter for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Rob Reiner, back in the early 70s, read the book right after it was published. His dad, Carl Reiner, gave it to him. Um, at the time, uh, Rob was starring on All in the Family on TV. He would actually later get the funding to make Princess Bride with the help of Norman Lear, who created All in the Family. So in a lot of ways, Princess Bride has its root in the 70s. Yeah, this was in you know kind of so-called production hell for quite a while, where there were names coming in and out of it, and people trying to get it made. And at one point, I think Schwarzenegger was being floated as Fezig, uh, which is kind of a yeah. interesting, you know. Okay, I could see that. Uh, but yeah, this was in kind of limbo for a long time. And from what I what I read was that uh, Reiner basically used the juice he got from doing stuff like The Sure Thing to make this. Yeah. Now, if you go back and you're one of those few people who have read the book, um, you'll know what some of the differences are. But if you haven't, we've we've done a little bit of the homework for you. To be honest, there's a lot of little differences, but the spirit of the story remains the same. The book had additional characters like Buttercup's parents were in it, for example. Prince Humperdinck had a stepmother. There were other countesses and other um, characters that were involved that got cut out, obviously, for, you know, efficiency. Yeah. 
Also in the book, Buttercup never really realizes that Wesley's in love with her until he spells it out. Her character is not so bright. <laughs> There's also a side plot about how Prince Humperdinck was supposed to marry a princess in the neighboring uh, kingdom of Gilda until he finds out that she's bald. Um, wow. Hence the reason why he's trying to sort of ignite a war with Gilda. Uh, okay. Also, uh, another small detail. There are no shrieking eels. Instead, Buttercup jumps into the water and is surrounded by sharks. As I said, the differences go on and on, but the spirit of the story remains the same. Oh, and as it turns out, there was a real Dread Pirate Roberts in actual history. His name was huh. Bartholomew Roberts, and he terrorized the Caribbean in the early 18th century. He would eventually capture more than 400 prizes during his career, with uh, historians regarding him as the most successful pirate of the pirate era, as he would have wished. Yes, you're very smart. Shut up. So you're just trying to give me a chance to talk more about Assassin's Creed Black Flag here, aren't you? Because why would I do that? Roberts actually shows up in that game. He shows up in that game, but I don't want to talk about that right now. One of the things I love about this book—I have actually read this book. Oh my god! Is much like the movie, it has this framing device, right? The movie, the framing device is Columbo comes to read his grandson a book, right? And that that kind of bookends the movie. And the book. Goldman uses this framing device that his father used to read this book to him, but he had abridged it because it was this ancient book written by Morgan Stern that was supposed to poke fun at royalty. And his father had cleverly abridged it in a way that, you know, had taken out all of the pages and pages about the formal dress that they wore and the way they prepared for banquets and stuff that was supposed to be mocking these, you know, the upper crust of society, which I think is really funny. It sent a lot of people on wild goose chases looking for this original book, which is completely made up. (laughs) The Prince's Bride. By S. Morgan Stern, Chapter 1. Buttercup was raised on a small farm in the country of Florin. Her favorite pastimes were riding her horse and tormenting the farm boy that worked there. His name was Wesley, but she never called him that. Isn't that a wonderful beginning? Yeah, it's really good. For those of you who've been hiding under a rock for the last 30 years, here's a quick, (laughs) very quick plot recap. Princess Bride tells the story, the movie that is, Princess Bride tells the story of a, a farmhand named Wesley who um, is befriended by companions on his way to rescue his true love, Princess Buttercup, from uh, Prince Humperdinck. And like Brad said, the story is presented in the film as a book being read by a grandfather, Peter Falk, to his sick grandson, Fred Savage. You know, it's funny, those two guys, they didn't come on set until the very, very end. The, oh yeah, the entire movie. Had why, a, why would they even need to be on set? I mean, you could do that in someone's actual bedroom in about twenty minutes. Yeah, they could have, but they did actually go on set, and um, it was the final scenes shot where, where their scenes. The entire movie was complete up until that point. Huh? You know, in the opening scene, he's sitting on his bed playing a baseball game on his like Commodore sixty four. In college, I played that game all the time with my next door neighbor. <laughs> It's called Hardball, and it was like it was all made up players. But the thing that I remember the most is I would steal signs off of this guy, where I would say I could see what pitch he was going to throw. You cheated at every video time. games every time. Absolutely no, it's baseball. Stealing signs is not illegal in baseball. Ask anybody; it is not against the rules to steal signs. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what's funny about that? Couldn't figure out why I always beat him. He never could figure it out. The '80s video games, probably baseball, was probably the worst of them. 
I think. If I look, if I remember going back, I remember I had M Network baseball for my uh, Atari twenty six hundred. Oh yeah, it, they just it doesn't it yeah. doesn't work. I mean, it, it, it doesn't work. It, baseball video games are only good nowadays. Well, hey, you mentioned earlier some of the uh, unusual castings for this movie. Rob Reiner actually did have several actors in mind for Fezzik, the uh, lovable giant who is eventually coaxed into helping Wesley. Um, as you mentioned, Arnold Schwarzenegger was one of them. And when he first started planning this project, Schwarzenegger was more affordable, like in the early 80s, when he when this was originally. Yeah, he'd only been in, like, pumping iron. Right, right. But by the time 87 rolls around, he was way too expensive. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was considered, but he, <laughs> That would have been amazing. Yeah. He was too busy with his NBA career. Listen, kid. I've been hearing that crap ever since I was at UCLA. I'm out there busting my buns every night. Tell your old man to drag Walton in the near up and down the court for 48 minutes. And even Liam Neeson was uh, considered for it, but he was considered too short at only six foot four. Hey, I'm six foot four. I take offense at that. Are you really six foot four? I am. Wow. Well, you're too short. Brad too. the Giant. I'm sorry. I know. It's okay. Andre the Giant would eventually get the job. And as it turns out, he was uh, William Goldman's first pick all along. Nice. So, there you go. As for Wesley, the Dread Pirate Roberts, before it fell to Carrie Elwes, Christopher Reeve, Superman himself, was sought to play the part. Hmm. Gosh, you know, I can't see anybody but Elwes in that role. He is, he, I mean, it's just him. Well, and it turns out that, yeah, he fit the role better. He Douglas Fairbanks was kind of the the, the model that Reiner had in his head, and, and that's more Carrie than it is Christopher, so that works out well. yeah. I can't see Christopher Reeve in that. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, and I, th- I remember thinking when I saw this, this guy's going to be a huge star. Yeah. And I mean, he's done okay. It's not like he's starving, I don't think. You know, Carrie, I know you listen to the show. If you're starving, let me know. I'll send you some peanut butter. But, you know, I thought this guy's going to light up the marquee. And he didn't quite get to, like, A-list from this. Well, I mean, the only other movies, I mean, this, when, you, when you say his name, this movie comes into your mind first. Right. And then sadly, I think... You know, Hot Shots might be the one that comes to my mind next. Saw, the Saw series. I didn't see the Saw series. <laughs> I haven't seen him either, but I know he's in the... Um, and, oh, Robin Hood, Men in Oh, tights. wait, he's in Twister. He's in Twister. Oh, yeah, he's awful in Twister. He cannot... Gosh, why didn't she ask us about this guy? We can actually name some movies that he's in. So bitter. Hashtag not bitter. <laughs> Hashtag bitter. <laughs> and, and you know what's cool? Mandy Patinkin... You know, who's fantastic in everything he's in. Yeah. Plays Inigo Montoya. And it's said that he says people come up to him three or four times a day. A day. And quote him the line, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father prepared to die. And every time they do it, he says he just fills, it fills his heart with delight. He's so happy to be remembered for this role. Now, that that is great. That that just that tells me that he is a gracious guy. Yeah. Was a great sword maker, my father. When the six fingered man appeared and requested a special sword, my father took the job. He slept a year before he was done. I've never seen a sequel. Six-fingered man returned and demanded it. But at one-tenth his promised price. My father refused. Without a word, the six-fingered man slashed him through the heart. 
I love my father. So naturally, I challenge his murderer to a duel. I fail. Six-fingered man leave me alive. But he gave me this. How old were you? I was 11 years old. When I was strong enough, I dedicated my life to the study of fencing. So the next time we meet, I will not fail. I will go up to the six-fingered man and say, Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. You know, normally when we talk about 80s movies, we, we usually mention the music. Because so many of the 80s movies that we love are known for their soundtracks. Now, this might be somewhat of an exception, but I'm still going to talk about it anyway for a second. The original soundtrack out was composed by a, uh, Mark Knopfler from uh, Dire Straits. The song Storybook Love, which ends the movie, nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song. Nice. And during the um, audio commentary of the film, uh, d- the director, Rob Reiner, says that only uh, Knopfler could create a sound that captures the film's you know quirky but romantic nature. Nice. Yeah, he d- didn't do a lot of soundtrack work, but he did do a few things in the 80s that you would have heard of, uh, Local Hero being the one that I yeah, remember yeah. the best. He'd be a good interview. I, I, we'll never yeah, get him. He, oh, he'd be really interesting. <laughs> we'll get him. To me, one of the most impressive parts about Princess Bride is there are maybe a dozen or so moments in the movie that are kind of endure in the pop culture zeitgeist, as we like to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some 30 years later. And I think to some degree that's what makes this a special movie. Yeah. I mean, my family, we watched this a ton when the kids got to that age where like the princess movies and, you know, watching cartoon stuff didn't really work on movie night anymore this got into really high rotation my family and it's 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 funny it's got all these great lines in it that you're easily able to work into conversation sure. most obvious one the vincini line of uh, inconceivable um played of course <laughs> by the great wallace sean who actually had more than 20 movie credits in the 80s that would have been a oh good my question. gosh jen with one end could have asked us how many Wallace Shawn movies can you can you name? And we would have had twenty or so to choose from. How many can you name though off the top of your head right now? Yeah, uh, the only one I can think of honestly is My Dinner with Andre. Right, right. Have you ever seen that movie? I have. Really? I thought I was insufferable when I was in college. Yeah. yeah, I was just insufferable. That was the kind of thing. I'm like, oh, we have to watch this movie. The the other two that stick in my head really well are Love Sick and uh, and then the truly awful Deal of the Century. Oh, he's in Deal of the Century? I'd yeah, forgotten that. Yeah. Wallace Shawn was like kind of looking over his shoulder the whole time of this picture because he heard that Reiner had initially wanted um, Danny DeVito to play the role. And I so I guess that really got into his head. Like he was the whole time he's like, oh, DeVito would have approached that so, so differently. Oh, oh, like he was just really psyching himself out the whole time. Huh. I, I did not know that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, the line, as you wish which is Wesley's way of saying I love you is one of those things. I, I still say it every once in a while at work when someone asks me to do something, I, but I don't mean it as I love you. I mean it as mm. thank you for giving me be this careful. insufferable task to do. I will <laughs> I will be sarcastic and give you an 80s movie line in, in return. I think that's fair. The uh, the MLT sandwich from, uh, from Miracle Max. So perky. Yeah. 
that line, along with much of Billy Crystal's dialogue, was uh, improv Carrie Elwes was laughing yeah. so hard. I think you know something. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Elwes was laughing so hard when he was supposed to be dead that they eventually had to replace his body with a dummy for some of the scenes. <laughs> well, I mean, in fairness, he was only mostly dead. Mostly dead. And, uh, I kind of like this podcast. Mandy Patinkin supposedly um, bruised a rib holding in his laughter so much. <laughs> and, I, and I think everyone kind of knows by now that Rob Reiner actually had to leave the room and direct it from using a uh, teleprompter in the other room because he kept laughing so hard. That's so funny. I'd love to see the outtakes on I that. I know. You know, that's funny. I was just talking about this with somebody else. Outtakes from an 80s movie are just not that common. I mean, there might be an outtake reel somewhere, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, that would be just comedy gold, you would think. You know, it's not- it's the link. Yeah, it's um, not like Cannonball Run where they put them in the credits. Yeah. <laughs> That, and that's, that's these bleeds. These rosary bleeds. <laughs> I said that. I was like, you know, the first movie I remember seeing outtakes for was Cannonball Run. Yeah. And 90% of it is just um, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. Just yeah. screwing around. Yeah. 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 You got a favorite pop culture moment from. Uh, uh, you know, the one that seems to come up a lot in the house is, I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. And I'm not sure I want to be that anymore. I'm not sure what that says about me. Does your wife quote that to you? Um, I don't know that it's... Yeah, I guess so. There's no one else in the room. I think it's done lovingly. <laughs> It'd be inappropriate if it came from anybody else. That's true. And the one that you can count on seeing in one of the trivia challenges, either at uh, 80s in the Sand or on the 80s Cruise this year, is uh, what does an R-O-U-S stand for? I don't think they exist. Rodents of unusual size as found in the fire swamp. I guarantee you, I've already finished the, the trivia questions. That will be one of them. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're coming on the cruise, you now have an edge. It's not a rancher of unusual size. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, rodents of unusual size, if you have a dog of unusual size or heck, any size, we have a new sponsor we want to talk about this week. It's BarkBox. And we mentioned them last week. They've been around since 2011, and they have shipped more than 50 million toys and treats to the dogs that we love. Nice. Plus, they support shelters and rescues, so how cool is that? That's so good. It is. Uh, so here's the deal. When you subscribe to BarkBox, you get a box each month with four to six natural treats and some fun toys that always revolve around a special theme each month. And it's customized to your dog because when you sign up, you choose the size of the dog you have, any allergies that your pet has, the length of the plan. When there's, you can get a plan that's as short as one month. You can get a 12-month plan. But the best part is shipping's free. Brad, you were on Facebook today. Did you see the photos that I posted of my sister's dog, Callie? That dog is so cute. I'm going to come and get your sister's dog. Does she need someone to watch the dog when she's out of town? I'd fly out for that. The dog is so well-trained. They train it to ring a bell when it needs to go to the bathroom. It's amazing. So Australian Shepherds are really She goes up dog. and rings the bell, and then they open the door, and the dog goes outside. So I got a box this month, and I gave it to my sister since I only have a cat. So she sent me all these photos the other day of the dog just going crazy. Yeah. You know, when, when her husband Todd came inside with the with the box and stuff. So she was all over it. So I posted like six or seven photos on Facebook last week. And so you can probably still find them there. It, it was a lot of fun just seeing the, uh, her reaction. And you feel safe about it because all the treats are made in the USA or Canada. They're tested by the dogs of those who work at BarkBox. Uh, a lot of them are from local and small businesses that you can't find normally, so you don't have access to them, but BarkBox does. And if you decide you like some of this stuff, like your dog's totally in love with some uh, you know, pepperoni treat, you can find it again and buy more on your own at BarkShop.com. 
and here's the best part. Like me, I don't own a dog, but I know someone who with a dog that I love. So I gave you know my sister a gift subscription. So every month, Callie will get a new box full of uh, toys. And you could do the same thing. So yeah, you don't have a dog. Like Brad doesn't have a dog, but you know people with dogs. So you could Perfect. be the best dog aunt or uncle ever. Yeah, exactly. And because you listen to Stuck in the 80s, we always have a special offer for you. You get a free extra month of BarkBox when you subscribe to a six or 12 month plan. Just go to www.barkbox.com slash radical to sign up. Free month. And you help us out here at Stuck in the 80s. Go to barkbox.com slash radical and sign up. Uh, if you do sign up and you get the toys, please, please send us some photos of your dog playing with the bark box. We'll post them online, I promise. Send them to uh, podcast at sit80s.com. Speaking of treats, Bradley, you ready for another box of treats? Oh, yeah. What do you got, Spearsy? It's a monthly box of goodies. We like to call it The, the Seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for... You know, it's been so long since we've done this, I don't even know what the title is. It's Mystery Movie Moment, right? It's Monthly Madness of Movies. Yes. Monthly Madness of something, anyway. Uh, you know the drill. We play a clip from a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into a drawing for a keychain. I presume we still have some. Shouldn't we be ordering some uh, rubber bracelets soon for uh, the 80s cruise? The uh, bracelets, yeah. I need to get those ordered. We need to pick a color. Oh. Last year, it was pretty obvious that there was going to be some purple involved What with the... Uh, purple rain night on the cruise so i went with purple but i don't know this year mm. what was the first year the official color first was year like I the did, light yeah. you did green but the color was actually light blue right Wonderful, so maybe i'll do light blue maybe i should do light blue i don't know eh, i don't want to do yellow because thanks lance armstrong <laughs> okay fun time's over pay attention here's the clip from the last time we did the segi what do you want? Say the words. No, I mean, you're going to eat it. You eat it. That's all right. Say the words. I want the roast beef sandwich. Say the words and I'll give you a piece. Yeah, that's Diner. There's a movie we never talk about. I know. We really should. It would come in handy as a Kevin yeah. Bacon movie of the 80s. <sighs> uh, that's a great movie, though. I haven't seen that in a long time. Popcorn scene in the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Anyway, uh, name some of the winners. Winners this week include Chad Ledoux, Lou Sweet Lou Grilly, Brock in North Dakota, Canuck and Callie, DJ and Clinton, Tim in Media PA, Stony Stitt, and Jeff Rocks in Indiana. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Do you have anything besides Mexican food? If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you are a winner. And by next week, I really mean like... Tune in sometime in the next six weeks to find out if you're a winner. Sorry, guys. The rotation has just been really full lately. Yeah, yeah. We got thrown off by doing the Tom Petty uh, tribute because we don't want to do Seggies during a tribute show. That would just be wrong. You know what? Yeah. (laughs) Be disrespectful. Ah, the magical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Uh, We'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s if you get it right. Once again, you're entered into the drawing for some swag. Pay attention. Here's a clip from the last time we did the Seggy. That's Antisocial by Anthrax. Bum, bum, bum. 
So what what inspired this choice? This is a radical departure from our usual Euro trash, you know, synth crap. Yeah, well, I feel bad because we go we get too Euro trashy from time to time, and then Jen like brings I mean, us I back to reality good. with uh, you know good. some R and B. Kevin Winch did a um, lost and found item on Anthrax Antisocial a few weeks ago, uh, and that's where oh, there you go. It's always in the chorus or yep. in lost and found sound. Read some of the winners. Winners this week include Brett from Melbourne, Australia, Dave Dirt, Brian Hunt, Dave Augie August, Dan McDonough, Don in Tulsa, and Metalhead Ed, who writes, So many stories I could write about the band Anthrax. My nickname in high school was Eddie Anthrax. Ooh. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, Dave uh, August wrote this in, in his email. Instead of just giving us the answer, he gave us like this 15-step process he went through to eliminate different bands. And he's like, okay, it has to be Anthrax. And so it, anyway, it's, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, let's spin the wheel and find out who won the uh, swag. Give it a give it a whirl. Oh boy, this I need to grease up the wheel. It hasn't WD-40. been used in so long. No, no, WD forty is not a lubricant. It's a water Big displacer. <laughs> it's a water displacer. Let's use some grease. Okay, here we go. Elbow grease, my friend. Ah. Here we go. It's going to end on. Brian Hunt, you are this week's lucky winner. So uh, send us your snail mail address, and we will get out some uh, some swag goodness for you. Woot woot. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery song. If you know it, email us again at podcast at sit80s.com. And tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Mr. Booker Tumor goes round and round. The ice cream treat you can't pin down. Mr. Booker Tumor does a crazy thing. First it twists far out, then it spins back. Oh, that chocolate and vanilla round the strawberry core. With the chocolate in back, who can ask for more? Mr. Booker Tumor goes round and round. It's the ice cream treat you can't pin in your grocer's freezer. And we're back. We have just a few minutes left. So surprise, we actually have our top 10 list of favorite movie quotes from the movie Princess Bride. You ready? Yep. These are fun. Yep. This was an easy. This was actually hard. Everyone gets in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this was hard to do. There was, there's just too many to choose from. There's, there's so much. There's so much. Because, you know, as, as you know, Steve, we are men of action. Lies do not become us. Actually, I say that all the time. No one knows what the hell I'm talking about. Here we go. Let's start the countdown. Number 10. Wesley didn't reach his destination. His ship was attacked by the dread pirate Roberts, who never left captives alive. When Buttercup got the news that Wesley was murdered. Murdered by pirates is good. This line just makes me laugh because it just shows how uninterested the kid is in this book. (laughs) It's like, oh, the main character got killed? Yep. I can never get enough laughs after being murdered by pirates. Murdered by pirates is good. Number nine. I think the odds are slightly in your favor at hand fighting. It's so my fault being the biggest and the strongest. I don't even exercise. This is another great moment where Andre the Giant is, uh, you know, just kind of like, hey, it's not my fault I'm enormous. Like, huh? Yeah, I love the line. I don't even exercise. So. I know. He's just like very nonchalant about it. Uh, here comes one of my favorites up next. Number eight. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. 
the most famous, is never get involved in a land war in Asia. But only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> oh, my God. So never funny. get involved in a land war in Asia. I mean, there's something that's in the pop culture zeitgeist. Like, oh, what happened? Well, he got involved in a land war in Asia. Everybody knows what you're talking about. Oh, my God. So much fun. Here we go. Number seven. You mock my pain. Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. There we go. This is this is Spearsonian line. There I was going to say, I'm shocked you made this. This one made the list, Steve. Life is pain, Highness. But then he waters it down with anyone who says differently is selling something, which to me, like, it's just, I hate that. But it tells you he's selling something. Yeah, he is selling something. We're all selling something. We're selling uh, bark boxes. <laughs> Among other things, personal services. Life, the countdown continues. Number six. Beat it or I'll call the Brute Squad. I'm on the Brute Squad. You are the Brute Squad. You are the Brute Squad. Yeah, this is just a little taste of Max. He's so great. He's just mostly dead. Number five. And Vicini, he can fuss. Fuss, fuss. Think you like to scream at us? Probably he means no harm. He's very, very short on Charm. You have a great gift for Ryan. Yes, yes. Some of the time. Enough of that! Fuzzy, are there rocks ahead? If they are, we all be dead. No more rhymes now, I mean it! Anybody want a peanut? Yeah! Anybody want a peanut? Oh my god. <laughs> And it shows kind of the relationship between Nanego and Fezzik. Like, Nanego is kind of taking care of Fezzik a little bit, where Vizzini is, you know, do you want me to send you back to where you were, unemployed, in Greenland? You know, every line, just, you can't imagine anybody else saying it. Yeah. I mean, and you really feel, like, I mean, I don't mean to put too much into it. I mean, this is essentially a fairy tale movie at a time in our lives, you and me, Brad, where we didn't believe in fairy tales or yeah, even we want to hear a fairy tale and yeah. but yet we're still enamored with this movie i mean this is like the most unlikely i wouldn't say this is the most unlikely movie for us to like the most unlikely movie would be if we were really into uh steel magnolias or <laughs> yeah <laughs> choice or dirty dancing irreconcilable differences <laughs> yeah yeah but no i've seen all those movies by the way the countdown continues number four True love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT. Mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomato is ripe. It's so perky. I love that. There we go. The MLT. Yeah, we touched on this earlier. Mm, mutton, me, lettuce, and tomato. <laughs> it makes me hungry every time. Now, the top three here, any one of these would work, but I think uh, we got them in the right order. Number three. He didn't fall? Inconceivable. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. That's the line I always say. I, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Yeah, and it just it plugs into almost any situation. Yeah, you know. yeah. And thankfully, this is one of those movies where I think even the younger people today have probably seen this movie. Yeah. It's one of those ones that has a little bit more... Uh, well, it's timeless. 
you know, because yeah, it's yeah. a fairy tale, because it's a, you know, it's set in this Renaissance time, like it can, you know, it, it's in everybody's past, right? It's not like, oh gosh, another 80s movie, nice leg warmers. Right, yeah. right. There's nothing inherently 80s about this movie. No. So. Except maybe the cast. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Manny Patinkin still. I mean, they all st- well, except for Andre the Giant doesn't work as much these days. But no, the rest of them kind no, of he doesn't get out as much. Number two, we couldn't let this movie go by without this line. Number two, marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. Have you the wings, Beze? <laughs> if I got married again, I would want him to do my... Uh... Anybody anybody our age who goes to a wedding now, and now it's probably our friend's kids because all our friends are past that. But it's, you know, you can't sit down in a church for one of these things or wherever you happen to be. And somebody is going to say, Mawage. You know, the best part of being 50 years old, we don't have to go to weddings very much anymore. Yeah. The sad thing is they're starting to get replaced by funerals. And that sucks. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> of course you are, you horrible man. <laughs> Come on. I don't have to buy a gift. I don't have to like – they're usually no more than a half an hour. There's not a huge reception afterwards. I, I, I'm oh okay gosh, with it. You know, I'm going to cry a little bit, but uh, you know, I don't have to rent a tux. Yeah. Give me the choice. I'm going to take a funeral. I'm just saying that now. You make me cry, Spearsy. <laughs> Uh, speaking of dying and funerals, it wouldn't be a Princess Bride podcast unless we topped it off with this famous line. Here we go. Number one. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I am so glad you picked this as number one. I don't think many people would, but I think really? this is this is in some ways this is the most emotional moment of the movie, and it gets me every time when he says, oh, "Yeah, I want my father back, you son of a bitch," and just runs a sword through him, and you're just like, "Oh, it's mm. <laughs> the uh, that is." You know the culmination of that character's life, and he's been chasing this guy this whole time. And like, I mean, you know, love. Okay, there's love, true love. That's emotional, great, whatever. Uh, but this is a love that's not that's not a romantic love. It's like a vengeful, uh, you know, love for for someone that you've lost. I mean, this is yeah, you know, oh, it's great. Well, and, no. and Mandy Patinkin talks a little bit about that. Uh, you know, he said that his father had died not because he wouldn't sell a sword at the right price. He had died of cancer not terribly long before this was done. And he's like, he said, 
during the movie, he was talking to his dad in his head almost every day about it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. This, just to see his reaction after he does it, this like release, like he just takes the bag of bricks from, from off his shoulder and puts yeah. it down. Yeah. You know, I love, you know, I love that kind of stuff. It's like when, we, when I watch Footloose, now I pay attention to, uh, you know, the pastor because I feel like he's the guy who goes through change in the movie. And this is the moment where one of the characters really changes in the movie because yeah. of that release. We're maybe reading a little bit into this, but. Yeah, that's okay. Anyway, that's all we have time for this week. I hope everyone had a chance to go and see The Princess Bride in theaters. It was in theaters this last week, had last Sunday and Wednesday. They had a re-release from Fathom Events. Those are always fun to go to. Don't forget, we're still waiting for your suggestions for Halloween songs part two, which we'll do for the next week's show. Yep, they're trickling in. Keep it coming. <laughs> Keep it coming. I can only think of one great way of ending this show. And so we'll let Grandpa and Grandson take it away. But until then, Brad and I, Fezzik and Nigo, the whole gang, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Grandpa? Maybe you could come over and read it again to me tomorrow. As you wish. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.